As a way of honoring the gospel, let us stand in body or in spirit. Today's reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born king of the Jews? For he observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him. And calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time when the star had appeared. Then he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child. And when you have found him, bring me word, so that I may also go and pay him homage. When they had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising, until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the word of the Lord. Merriam-Webster's website has a daily word of the day that is trending. This is an online dictionary that can tell by searches online what people are interested in. Do any of you go on that site? Any any wordsmiths? The, The word that's trending today? Epiphany. Everybody's looking up epiphany. There is a word of the day uh, for the whole year that this dictionary company named at the end of December by watching the trends of searches for words. One of the words that was uh, looked up quite a bit, Hal, you'd be interested in this, was the word Godspeed, because so many people wrote Godspeed John Glenn, after he died, and they were looking up, what does God's speed mean? Um, To go with God, to receive God's blessings as you travel. Um, But the word that they chose for the word of 2016 is the word surreal. (laughs) It started with the attacks in Brussels, and a lot of writers said this attack was surreal. Then the word spiked with the attack in Nice. 
Then it spiked with the coup attempt in Turkey. A lot of writers were writing, this is surreal, surreal, surreal. And then the day after the election in the United States, so many writers were using the word surreal that it put that word over the top. And so this dictionary company chose that word as the word of the year, surreal. I wrote down the definition of surreal. This is how they define it. Marked by the intense, irrational reality of a dream. Huh. Marked by the intense, irrational reality of a dream. In some ways, this story that Andrew read to us today from the, the book of Matthew is surreal. This is a book that was written for a Jewish audience. It is written to paint Jesus as the faithful Jew that he was and that he was the fulfillment of the Jewish narrative waiting for a Messiah. It's the most Jewish of the Gospels. And who is it that shows up first to worship this fulfillment of the Jewish Messiah but non-Jews? Cue the sound of a needle being scratched across a vinyl record. What? Who, who shows up? Non-Jews? Non-religious people? Stargazers? Astronomers? They're not the, to be the first ones to show up to worship the Messiah, but they are. And it is as if God is saying to us and to the church of every age, don't get too smug. This good news is not just for you. And make Jesus as accessible as you possibly can because Jesus, God with us, is for everybody and everything. The Magi as the first visitors, the first ones to come and worship and present their gifts to the Christ child. It is a surreal story. They were foreigners. They spoke another language. They didn't worship the same way as the people of Israel. They were outsiders. But they saw something in the sky that told them, you have to just trust and follow. And they did. And this story has become a part of our narrative. This may be helpful, a helpful reminder to us who are faithful followers of Jesus that in this day and age, in this culture of the Northeast, in this New York metropolitan area, we are most likely in the minority as followers of Jesus, as people who would get up out of bed on a very cold morning and come to church. And there are a whole lot of people out there who don't come to church for various reasons. But this story is saying to the church, don't write them off. They may be just like the Magi. They may be seeking, they may be seeing something that we're not seeing. I, 
There's a book that engages that population of some people call that population the unchurched or the secular world. <laughs> Len Sweet, who's professor of evangelism at Drew University Theological School, refers to those folks as the normal people. <laughs> it's we who are following Jesus. We who are coming to church, we're the ones that are not normal. <laughs> you see the shift that's happened in the last few years. I'm reading this book. My wife um, and introduced it to me, and, and it's really a, a very powerful description of the landscape that we're trying to be faithful in. It's a book by Lillian Daniel. She's an ordained pastor, uh, and, and the book is entitled Tired of Apologizing for a Church I Don't Belong To. You know what she means by that? Do you ever find yourself apologizing for certain things that Christians have said in the news or in the social media, and you think, oh, that's not my Christianity? Lillian is tired of apologizing for a church that she doesn't belong to. She writes quite articulately about the nuns. Do you know that the nuns are one of the greatest, the fastest growing groups in the religious landscape of the United States? It's the people who check on the box, what religion are you? And they check the box, none. None. I'm not talking about sisters and habits. I'm, I'm talking about people who have checked the box, none. And there are certain nun zones. The Northeast is a nun zone. The Northwest is a nun zone where nuns are growing with, with large numbers of people who have just checked out of church, but they cannot be painted with a wide brush. And this is helpful to me, and, and I share it with you because we, Chatham United Methodist Church, we are poised to reach out to people who are in that category. Because I think our theology is accessible. Our love for all people makes Jesus accessible. But there's some nuance to who the nuns are. You may be living with a nun, by the way. You may have raised a nun, or you may have grandkids who are nuns. There's four types of nuns. First type is the no way. This person has made a deliberate and well thought out decision not to attend church often in reaction to genuine hurt. They've been hurt by the church. They've been judged by the church. They've been wounded by the church or by Christians. And they are in the category of no way I am not coming back to church. That's one category. Second category is this. No longer. No longer. This person used to attend church but doesn't anymore and doesn't particularly miss it. You know some people in your family that fit that category? I've heard a lot of people say to me, oh, I wish my kids came to church. I wish my grandkids came to church. They were raised in the church. I don't know what happened. I've heard that narrative more than once. Those folks fit into the no longer. They went to church, they just no longer come, and they don't miss it. The third category is this. They never have. This person has never experienced a church and may be the grown child of parents 
in one of the first two groups. This is not a new trend, by the way. There have always been people in the no way category. There has always been people in the no longer category. This is not a new trend. But now people are feeling permission to admit that when they're asked the question. 50 years ago, they would have checked, oh, I'm Presbyterian or I'm Methodist, even if they never went. Now they just feel free to say, I'm, I'm none of the above. Third, never have. Fourth category is not yet. These people may be curious about church and may choose to show up. Often the church treats them like one of the first two groups. Do you see the, how important this nuance is? If the not yet folks show up to church and they say, oh, I've, I've never been to church. I really don't know what this Christianity is about, but here I am. And if we treat them like a no way that they've been hurt by the church or have baggage with the church, or if we treat them like a no longer, like we should presume that they know every hymn and every way that we practice liturgy and every way that we practice church, if we treat them like that, we're missing an opportunity. There are some folks out there who are just genuinely interested, but they have no experience with the church. So friends, if the Magi, as our model, give us permission to realize there are folks who are searching for God, but they may not have, they may have bad experience in the church or they may have no experience in the church. They're out there and they're searching. And some would say they're searching in places that won't nourish their souls. They may be searching in for answers that are not big enough, for meaning that is perhaps not as big as the grand narrative that we have been entrusted with. Our grand narrative this overarching story that incorporates the universe and God's love for the creation may be what folks are searching for but can't find for various reasons. Isn't it interesting that the Magi were led by a star? From the very beginning of the incarnation story, we are taken off of this earth. We are taken up into the cosmos. We don't know what the star was. We don't know if it was a comet. We don't know if it was planets aligning. But there was something up there, something beyond ourselves that led the Magi. You've heard me preach about this, but as we enter this new year, it may be even more important. Do you know the word disaster? Do you know where the word disaster comes from? Dis, disconnected from the aster, from the stars, from which we get asteroid, astronomer, astrology. It is a disaster when we are disconnected from the stars. Think of how people used to travel back in the day when they were on a boat without GPS. Their GPS was the stars. That's how they could avoid what they feared going off the edge of the earth. It was a disaster if they were disconnected from the big picture, the cosmos, the grand creation. Friends, we worship not just a baby Jesus. We worship the cosmic Christ 
who was in the beginning, who created all of this, and who continues to call us, and who continues to want to put us in the flow of love. When we get disconnected from the big picture, that God is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. When we get disconnected from that big picture and our vital part in it, it's a disaster. And it can happen so easily, so quietly, so simply, by not coming to church for a week or two or four or eight. And it gets harder and harder to come back. We have been entrusted with a big picture story and an opportunity to engage people of no religion and every religion with humble questions that genuinely want to know, how do you worship? How do you find meaning? How do you interact with this mystery that some people call God, some people call the divine? If we have the opportunity to meet someone of another faith tradition or of no faith tradition, it is a gift God is giving to us. Let's take that gift to engage and learn and have some conversation. We'll have that opportunity for sure in Rada Hall on the 31st of January when we have our Abraham lunch and Jews and Muslims and Christians and people of all faith traditions and no faith tradition are going to have lunch together and talk about how do we heal community from a Jewish perspective, a Muslim perspective, a Christian perspective. We'll have table fellowship opportunities to ask one another humbly, how do you worship? How do you serve? How do you give to God? How do you care for the poor? And why is that important in your faith? These are conversations that we need to have if we're going to be about God's desire to heal brokenness, division, fear. The Magi are our models. And we, like them, are seeking. I'm grateful that we are seeking together and that we're not alone. Amen.